Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. It's fall, y'all. Okay, well, maybe it's not, but it is the first Friday in September, and that has me dreaming of cooler nights and mild days in the gardens. It did actually cool off significantly here um, after a storm blew through the other day, but I don't think we're through with the summer heat just yet. And since this is the first Friday of the month, it's time for another Can You Dig It episode. To be honest, this one snuck up on me, and it must have snuck up on a lot of you too because I don't have any listener questions for this month. But I do have an interesting question that was posed to me by a customer at the farmer's market stand, and a couple quick tips on how to finish the season strongly with some of your summer garden plants. So let's dig in, shall we? Hey, I'm Karen, and together with my husband, I spent over a decade researching and learning and building our small farm through lots of trial and error, successes and failures. I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture to help our farm business, and now I want to pass all that knowledge on to you. Because I firmly believe that self-reliance is empowering, and that everyone, whether you've got a five-acre plot in the country, a half-acre lot in suburbia, or a windowless room in a downtown apartment, should just grow something. So I had a very interesting question with a customer at the farmer's market who was asking me about the timing of planting things in the fall garden. We were talking specifically to start with about broccoli and cauliflower, but that also led us into talking um, about other things that could be grown in the garden. And I kept referencing timelines that seemed very early to her. She was confused by this because many of the things that we were talking about her growing for the fall, she had grown in the spring. And it seemed like the timing of when I was telling her to put things in the ground for the fall was much, much earlier than what she had put them in in the spring based on first and last frost date. So say you would normally put cabbage in the ground maybe three to four weeks before your last frost in the spring. And I was telling her that you would typically need to put that in the ground about six to eight weeks prior to your first frost in the fall. And I kept kind of repeating that with the broccoli and the cauliflower and the carrots. And then I referenced the Persephone period and then she got really confused. So I thought maybe I should expand on that just a little bit more and, and help you to understand why you will likely need to plant things in your fall garden earlier than you would think you would need to. So as we start reaching the Persephone period, and again, the Persephone period is simply the date in your latitude where the number of daylight hours drops below 10 hours a day. This is when pretty much all plant growth just comes to a stop. It's not like it comes to a screeching halt though. And that's the thing that you need to remember with the fall garden. The reason that we're planting earlier and allowing those plants more time to get to maturity is because those daylight hours are on the decline. They are decreasing every single day by just a few minutes. So when a plant is growing, it has a specified number of daylight hours above a specific temperature that it needs in order to reach maturity. 
And in the fall, you have fewer daylight hours that you're working with, and you also have decreasing temperatures. This is going to affect how rapidly any of your plants get to maturity. Now, if you're planting directly in the ground, as far as sowing your seed directly in the ground, your seeds may germinate more quickly because the soil is warmer and the plants initially may get that sort of boost of growth. But as the days go on and it starts to cool off, the growth is going to slow. You're going to have those fewer daylight hours. It's going to take longer. So plan accordingly. Your Persephone period is going to be determined by the latitude at which you live. So I will put a link in the show notes to um, a, a website that you can look up by zip code, I believe it is, to see your average number of daylight hours throughout the year. And you'll be able to see on the chart where you hit 10 hours. For us, I want to say it's maybe the second week in November sometime. And this is the one thing that's going to remain a constant um, for the most part. You can rely on this. You can't rely on when your actual frost date is going to be, but you can rely on the daylight hours. Now, speaking of frost date, that's the second thing that we talked about. A lot of these plants that you're putting in the ground for fall that you want to harvest for use now, you're going to have to plant earlier so that it gets to maturity before you have your first frost. Now, a lot of the fall crops can absolutely withstand a certain level of frost, and some of them can even withstand hard freezes. But they need to be very close to maturity in order to be able to withstand that. Young seedlings are not going to survive that type of temperature drop, especially if it's a sudden one. So all of these things in mind are the things that we need to use to look towards planting our fall garden. Just the timing is going to be a little bit different, and it's going to be different in every climate too, because wherever your latitude is, is going to make the determination of number one, when your Persephone period starts, but then also the temperatures too. So even if you're in an area where you don't get a hard freeze or it's very rare and you can continue all the way through, I mean, your plants aren't going to die. They can sit out there in December, January, because you're not getting a hard freeze. That doesn't mean it's actually going to continue to grow. It, its growth will be minuscule until we hit the winter solstice and then the daylight hours start to lengthen again. And that's another point too. If you have plants that don't reach maturity, that do survive the winter, they very well may begin growing again in the spring when those daylight hours begin to lengthen again. So don't be surprised if you plant your spinach too late and it, you only get tiny little baby spinach, but then in the spring, all of a sudden, boom, you have this big, beautiful spinach crop. We actually do that intentionally. Um, and so we'll plant one early that we can harvest off of through the, in the fall. And that is, is is at its maturity when the winter hits that we can just cover with row cover and continue to harvest off of. But then we have the second batch that's planted later intentionally so that we have that big burst of growth in the spring without really having to do anything. So that's one of the other beautiful things about a fall garden. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the other thing that we could talk about too are just some quick tips about finishing out some of those summer favorites and getting them to finish strong in your garden. Now, right now, if you're growing tomatoes, peppers, or eggplant, um, your plants very well may still be flowering. And in fact, as the days start to, to cool off a little bit, you may see them have this really beautiful flush of flowers because it's a little bit less harsh conditions for them right now. And that's very exciting, especially if you're a new gardener. You're looking and going, oh, this is great. Look at all these, these new flowers that I have. This, this plant is doing great. Yes, the plant is doing great. However, there's a few things that you need to consider when you're looking at that new growth, the number, the first thing is consider your first frost date. The second thing is to consider is those waning daylight hours and the heat. Okay. So when is your Persephone period? When is the point when that plant is no longer going to continue growing? Consider the temperatures, even if you're not in an area that gets frost, if you are in a more temperate climate where things can continue to grow or can survive outside, how warm is it going to be? Unless you're in a tropical region, you very well aren't going to have enough heat for these plants to continue to grow. And then consider each crop and each variety of each crop. So if you put all of those things together, right? So let's think about um, eggplant, for example, that the typical amount of time that it takes an eggplant to produce a fruit, a mature fruit, from the time that it flowers to the time of maturity can be as short as 50 days or as long as 80 days. Now that's from the time that it flowers, okay? Very similar things for peppers. Um, you know, small peppers like jalapenos and little snacker peppers and stuff, you're looking at about, you know, 50 days or so. Um, for a bell pepper or the really large bullhorn peppers, it's a minimum of 50 to 55 days, uh, for the green peppers. And then if it's something that's supposed to get some color to it, like a red bell pepper or, um, a colored Italian bullhorn pepper, you're looking at another two weeks after that. So 65 to 70 days, cherry tomatoes, 21 to 30 days, Roma and paste tomatoes around 45 days. And then the bigger slicing tomatoes, you're looking at up to 60 days for the biggest, um, the biggest varieties. So if we look at the flowers that are on the plant right now, let's just go with the minimum one. Let's go with the cherry tomatoes, right? It will take about three weeks to a month for a flower that you see on your cherry tomato plant today to produce a harvestable cherry tomato. Now let's think about when your first frost date is or when your Persephone period hits. Okay. And then we start looking at the ones that take longer, the eggplant, the peppers, the bigger tomatoes. What are the chances of that flower producing 
a harvestable fruit before that plant has to be pulled. And that's where you have to think about whether or not to start pinching off those blooms or start pruning those plants. So you can top prune a lot of these plants at this time of the year, and that will help the nutrients that are in that plant, the vine or the plant, to go into getting the fruits that are already on those plants to the correct size and ripen them before you get to your first expected frost date or to your Persephone period. So generally you want to perform this chore about four to six weeks before your either first expected frost or your Persephone period is going to to hit or the or the temperatures begin to drop so low that you know you're not going to get any kind of uh, additional production out of those plants. I know this is something that a lot of uh, gardeners don't think about, but it really does help put the energy into those fruits that are already on the plant or the vine and give them the opportunity to be able to get to size and be able to ripen before the plant is finished for the season. So what do you do when you see a frost coming and you still have green fruits on the vine? Well, the good news is with peppers and eggplant, you can really sort of harvest them at just about any size. So with peppers and eggplant, I lean towards the four weeks time frame before our expected first frost mainly because you just never know when that frost is actually going to hit. It could be two weeks late. It could be two weeks early. So I just err on the side of I would like to you know, get as many ripe goodies as I possibly can. So I wait until about four weeks. And then I'll just start clipping off any of that new growth and any of the, the flowers and, uh, and letting them focus their energy on what's already on the plant. And then if we see a light frost, okay, a light frost is one thing. As long as you've still got enough daylight hours and you actually still have enough heat during the day, covering it with a few layers of row cover, uh, and they will they will absolutely survive. If you have some close to mature peppers and eggplant that are on the vine that just need to finish up a little bit. But you can harvest those at any size and utilize them. So if you do see a frost coming and it's, they're just ready to be done, go ahead and harvest them and bring them in. The smallest specimens will benefit more from being kind of chopped up and frozen for use later because they don't really have as long of a shelf life as a fully developed pepper or eggplant. So use, you know, your larger ones, your more mature ones as your fresh specimens. And then I would recommend just freezing the other ones. Now for tomatoes, if the tomatoes are starting or if the temperatures are starting to drop and the tomatoes aren't ripening yet, then you have a couple of different options. Um, now on tomatoes, again, I, I, depending on the variety, I will start pruning those about six weeks before we expect a frost. On the smaller tomatoes that have a little bit more of a chance to to get larger, I might wait until about four weeks. But we're kind of coming close to that time right now when I will start pruning. And it, I'm telling you, it is painful to do, <laughs> but I will start pruning the mac and knowing full well that with the exception of the ones that are in my greenhouse where I could actually provide them with some heat and some light, 
all of the outdoor ones will end up getting a pruning and will not be allowed to flower anymore so that they can develop on the rest of them. So once we start getting to the point where we more than likely are, are coming to the end of the tomatoes, you have several options. If you have mature tomatoes on the vines and they're sort of that pale green where they're just about ready to start ripening up, you can take them off and you can put them into a paper bag and just sort of loosely seal it. Um, or you can wrap them in newspaper and play to put them in a cardboard box. And then you can put those in a cool place somewhere between 55 and 70 Fahrenheit is good. Uh, cooler temperatures will make them ripen up more slowly. The warmer side of those temperatures will have them ripen up a little bit more quickly. Uh, you just want to check them weekly and pull out any that start getting any kind of weird spots or any types of diseases. And then you can use the ripe fruit as they continue to ripen up. If you have some that are not quite to that ripening stage, you can actually pull up the entire plant and you can knock off the dirt and remove most of the foliage and then hang it upside down in a basement or in a garage. There's still going to be nutrients in those plants and in those stems. And if the if the, the tomatoes that are on those vines are pretty close to being mature, they'll be able to continue pulling those nutrients um, as long as that stem is still alive and maybe get to maturity. Um, you can also do this with the ones that are, that are, are mature and just hang them the same way and just, you know, harvest them as they start to ripen up. Your other option at that point, if there are a bunch of green ones that aren't quite to maturity, is to find some green tomato recipes. There's lots of different ways that you can use green tomatoes in chutneys and in relishes and all kinds of different ways. Of course, there's the old-fashioned frying, which is is always yummy. But yeah, you, you know, go ahead and, and find some green tomato recipes and, and use them up that way. And then just pull all of your plants and toss them in the compost pile and start all over again the next season. So um, hopefully that gives you a few ideas about ways to sort of help your, your summer plants finish out the season in a, in a strong manner and give you as many harvests as you possibly can. So that was a quick episode. Yes. And honestly, it's because I have, um, unexpected house guests coming in and, uh, this farmhouse looks like a twister came through it. And so I need to get off here and go actually clean my house. So, uh, I hope what we talked about today will, uh, will help you a little bit in your garden. If you have any questions at all, at any time, you can jump in the just grow something gardening friends, Facebook group, um, for any questions as we head toward this cooler weather and these shorter days. Have a great weekend in the garden, and I will talk to you again on Tuesday. You've just listened to another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. Don't forget to download the episode after you've listened, rate and review us in your podcast player if that's an option, and follow us on Instagram at Just Grow Something Podcast. All these things help gardeners like you find me and hopefully join the Just Grow Something family. Don't forget to send in those gardening questions through a voice message at the link in the show notes or via email to grow at justgrowsomethingpodcast.com. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden and I will talk to you again soon.
Did you know you can have a one-on-one virtual 30-minute garden consultation with me each and every month? That's right. I have space for five executive producers over on Patreon, and one of the perks at that level is for me to help you with all things gardening one-on-one every single month. Everything from garden planning to choosing the right plants, proper spacing, pruning techniques, disease and pest identification, fertilizing, harvesting, storage, and more. Whatever help you need throughout the year. Plus, you get additional monthly group Q&A sessions, exclusive video content, Just Grow Something merchandise, and more. If you'd like to become an executive producer, head over to patreon.com slash justgrowsomething or use the link in the show notes to find out how.